Welcome to episode 187 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the I Beat Your Favorite Driver edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew, I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host as always, the iRacing Indy 500 champion, the uh, computer genius, a gentleman, a scholar, and uh, coming off of a difficult Sunday for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, his name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. And, you know, of course, uh, yeah, difficult Sunday for Jacksonville fans watching that game. But, you know, um, at least it's early in the season. Um, and then, of course, for me personally, the uh, return of Dale Earnhardt Jr. to uh, NASCAR on Friday night ran well, led 47 laps and everything. We'll get into it later. But, um, yeah, glad to see him run up front. You know, felt like uh, 2004 again, I guess. And, you know, being, uh, able to see him run, run up front like that battle for the lead. That was fun. Uh, and of course, you know, you talked about Denny Hamlin winning and everything. I beat your favorite driver. Yeah. It's, I guess it's, it's Denny time, like that old Toyota commercial. So yeah, ready to get into it. It's Bristol baby. So, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, Dale jr. Looked, looked like it's true. He definitely looked like his old self out there. You wouldn't have thought that he uh, has been out of the car for uh, basically a year. So uh, we'll talk about the Xfinity race. We'll also talk about Denny Hamlin getting uh, his third win in the Bristol night race and uh, trolling the Bristol the crowd there. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, the truck series, which saw uh, Corey Heim after uh, Christian Eck has dominated the race. Corey Heim sneaks through, gets the uh, gets the victory, and locks himself into the round of the round of uh, four, which is uh, big, which is huge uh, for him and huge for the organization. Uh, what what is it? Uh, what are they called again? <laughs> um, um, uh, Tricon, yeah, there you go, Tricon Garage. So uh, big deal for them, and uh, they have races here spread out, but they'll be able to go and um kind of prepare for phoenix formula one the singapore grand prix was probably the most interesting formula one race we've had in a long time largely because fish lips wasn't up front uh the smooth operator carlos signs uh won from pole and uh was methodical in his process utilizing his uh, bff lando norris uh, giving him DRS to hold back the uh, Mercedes duo. George Russell went and tried to, um, fo- he was focused on Lewis instead of focusing up front, and then he crashed. We'll get into all the stuff that happened there at Singapore and uh, going to Japan, to Suzuka this coming weekend. So we'll preview that. We'll talk about NFL Week 2, uh, all the stuff going on there. Jacksonville, unfortunately, also Kermit the Frog was a tight game though and uh the 49ers they were in a tight game against the LA Rams in uh what do you call uh Levi South but they ended up with a victory Jake Moody kicked a long field goal um, Brock Purdy ran in a touchdown on the last play of the first half so etc cetera, etc cetera. a lot of stuff that going on there and with fantasy uh we will uh talk about the couple of news items that took place over the weekend uh, especially Zane Smith um, getting uh, a ride in Cup and the whole machinations of that. Um, we'll talk about uh, and give our condolences to share the po- the family of Sherry Pollock's 
who uh, has who has passed away after a long battle with ovarian cancer. Um, we'll talk about that in one piece uh, there because a certain person decided they had to insert their um, two cents into it for and make it about them, which isn't shocking since she's a whore. Um, the roundup, we'll talk about Super Motocross leading into their last race of the championship at the LA Coliseum. NHRA raced at Maple Grove and ran in on Monday to finish off the race. Extreme E was in Sardinia for the second time, the Amazon Expri. IMSA ran at Indianapolis, uh, the Sandown 500 for V8 Supercars, and we'll preview MotoGP and Moto2. At first time in 10 years, there will be a race at Bud International Circuit in India. And then World Superbikes will be uh, racing at Aragon. Um, can Garrett Gerloff continue the momentum he had from Manny Coor and uh, contend uh, for another race? Then uh, preview Japanese Grand Prix. Likely we'll get back to the status quo there. And Cup and Xfinity will be at Texas Motor Speedway. We'll preview that. Josh will let us know all things going on in the world of uh, sim racing gaming with the sim segment and then we'll close the deal so yeah we'll start first with uh the uh results there of the bass pro shop night race at bristol denny hamlin ends up leading 142 of the race's 500 laps and it was essentially a hendrick and gibbs i mean really it was a gibbs benefit you look at it the vast majority of the laps led were were the 287 and 387 like over 400 400 something laps were led by three Gibbs cars and Hamlin Bell who started on pole and Keebler Gibbs uh the results will give you the top 10 or so and then we'll also talk about all the other playoff drivers Denny Hamlin Kyle Larson who started tailback uh Christopher Bell Christopher Busher and uh, Keebler Gibbs, your top five. Michael McDowell had his best run of the round, but the first two races really screwed him over. William Clyde Elliott, the second. Brad Keselowski, William Byron, Richard. Um, apropos, since what we're going to be talking about a little bit. Round out the top 10. Uh, Carson Hosevar and uh, filling in on the 42 car gets an 11th place finish. Got stage points. Uh, you have. Uh, Bubba Walls finishes 14th, Tyler Reddick 15th, Martin Truex Jr. was 19th, Kyle Busch 20th, Ryan Blaney 22nd, Ross Chastain 23rd, and Kevin Harvick 29th in his final Bristol race, five laps down. Uh, Blaney and Chastain were two laps down, along with Bush and uh, Truex. Uh, Reddick and Wallace were a lap down. And then Joey Logano, who got wrecked in a multi-car accident, uh, caused by uh, what's trying to see, uh, yeah, caused by the uh, seven car getting spun around midway through the race after Corey LaJoy had led earlier in the day, uh, took out Joey Logano amongst others, and the defending series champion was eliminated. So that's, uh, I mean, there there are plenty of storylines we can go with here, Josh. I mean, there the lack of competitiveness from most of the Fords, which has been a problem all year, but the defending series champion for the first time since they went to this format 
gets eliminated in the first round, and he really didn't have speed to be fair this whole round. And then Kevin Harvick, they they probably uh, shouldn't have been in this spot if they had actually won the uh, Darlington Southern 500. They decided to drive in. They went in in a closed pit road, and unfortunately that one decision basically hung them out to dry, lost a lot of points when they had a car that probably could have won that race. And in turn, the last two races, they've been dog crap. He had the worst car he's ever had at, at Bristol, and that's a bad time to have it in his final race that he's ever going to have there in a cup car. Um, Ross Chastain is lucky that he has a lot of points acquired from earlier in the year because he has not been, he's been really inconsistent, and that's kind uh, to talk about the pro- productivity there with him and for his teammate Daniel Suarez. Uh, Martin Truex had a really Brutal round, first round, but he makes it through, and uh, now he gets a reset and starts right on top uh, again in round two. Yeah, Bubba Walls makes it through to the second round for all those people that act like he can't drive. A lot of these other drivers are all up there in the top ten. Ricky Stenhouse ran well, but unfortunately wasn't enough. He gave up too many points earlier in the round, and same thing with Michael McDowell. Definitely was up there, one of the best non-Toyotas the whole entire race, but he needed to win. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to because the Toyotas were dominant. Uh, But Denny Hamlin continues to show and emphasize his, uh, put his name or put himself into conversation. He's been there for all these years anyway. One over, whatever, 50, it's what, 50... uh, 51st victory in the cup series he's for all these years he's never won a championship is it going to be his time uh getting this victory after having a car that was capable of winning the first two races of the round a big deal i would say to go and close the deal in that spot and give himself momentum going to texas uh and chris i mean that's that i think the way that he ran uh being able to lead the last 140, whatever, 100 and, you know, 140, 136 laps or whatever the hell it was there, um, was uh, pretty stout. I mean, basically from lap 354 on, it was essentially Denny Hamlin. Uh, so he was the dominant figure. He was up there all day, but he uh, set the tone there late in the race, Josh. Um, what do we what do we think here now that he wins another race here, puts himself obviously it wasn't like he was worried about making the next round. He was going to make the next round, but to go out there, get that victory, and in a dominant fashion, uh, is he the favorite, or are we because of the reset bringing back into account the likes of uh, William Byron, Martin Truex Jr., or maybe it's somebody else? like uh, Christopher Busher. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's tough. I mean, I think for Denny Hamlin, I think he's definitely one of the favorites. I don't think he's the absolute favorite, but um, you know, if you've listened to his podcast uh, on Action Judgmental, he talks about how, you know, this year is their year, and he feels like, you know, that he's going to have a good shot as ever to win the championship. So he's definitely, you know, one of the favorites. And you know, we haven't really seen too much uh, from William Byron 
you know, Martin Truex had a bad first round, but, uh, you know, makes it out and gets the points reset and everything. Um, Kyle Larson, I think, is his closest challenger right now. You know, he's had uh, a really good first round. And so, you know, for for uh, Denny, you know, he just needs to get through this, um, you know, round in the round of 12. Um, you know, Texas, uh, I mean, the Toyotas have been good on the mile and a half. Uh, you know, the, you know, Talladega is a, you know, Talladega, and he's good there. So there's definitely a chance for Denny to end up becoming the favorite um but you know this race you know he had a good first round already and didn't have to win um but you know was able to go out and lead as much laps as possible and you know goes out and trolls the crowd you know afterwards i beat your favorite driver and i really think he was talking about kyle larson um because he kind of paused for a second there and he's like oh well who are you talking about and well all of them which is objectively true but you know, I think, you know, he's really talking about Larson, although I think a lot of people are booing him just to boo him, not necessarily because they don't like him. Um, I think, you know, you have someone in the crowd starts booing and then people want to join along with it. So uh, that's that's part of it. But, you know, it makes it entertaining banner with uh, him in the crowd and everything. Uh, so, yeah, Denny, of course, very, very dominant. Um, but I think, you know, also the like you said, the Fords, uh, especially Logano and um, Kevin Harvick, two former champions, they don't make it in. Um, kind of shows the disparity in the Ford camp. You know, you have RFK and Front Row, um, both have really good seasons. And, you know, Front Row, they had a, I mean, if it weren't for Darlington, uh, with their issues there getting in the crash with uh, with McDowell getting in it with uh, Alex Bowman and uh Daniel Suarez, I mean, he might have made it out of this round. Um, you know, had a had a good solid finish here and was definitely a threat uh, to win. Uh, you know, if if it you know the opportunity opened up, so you got to give credit to them. But the Fords, uh, you know, with RFK, I think you know for Chris Buescher, he's definitely a, a a dark horse favorite to make the final four. I, Brad Keselowski, I don't think is quite as good uh, on speed, but uh, you know, he's definitely could be a threat, especially you know, on the with Talladega still uh, left here in this round of twelve. He could easily make it to the round of eight, and there's definitely a, a path uh, there for him. Uh, so there's that opportunity. Um, yeah, but the and then the rest of the Fords like Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano just didn't have any speed. You know, overall uh, throughout the season, didn't have a ton of playoff points to fall back on. Uh, especially for Harvick, uh, then Logano gets um, kind of the surprise one to get left out there, uh, you know, or to not make it in because previous champion and then gets crashed out of the race. So, um, yeah, both of them just didn't have a whole lot to fall back on. And then um, I think the issues, you know, the issues with SHR, you know, finally catching up to the four car, you know, they haven't been really great all year, but points wise, um, They've been solid points-wise. They just haven't had any wins or anything to give them cushion and kind of led, led them into trouble. You know, they had a good uh, first race at Darlington, but they weren't great at Kansas and then end up completely missing the mark uh, at at Bristol. So finishing five laps down and left, you know, the entire team bewildered and, you know, Harvick's basically all, all but ready for Phoenix and everything. So, um, yeah, poor... Uh, poor effort there and um, 
we'll see if that's more of the case as they, you know, SHR continuing to struggle uh, throughout the year as they have uh, with their other three cars. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, the, I mean, the, you know, this race definitely more about, like, um, the people who, who, you know, needed things to for them to happen. Obviously, uh, Hamlin won battled with Larson uh for a bit you know Ty Gibbs was up there as well uh, as a non uh contender uh in the championship leading laps uh so you know showing he definitely has uh some muscle which uh in you know in, in his car which is not surprising and everything so um you know you had you had that Chris Bell was up there as well um but uh you know Bubba Wallace uh and Martin Truex both made it in on points you know Truex uh, and you know had had a close call there um getting it you know having an incident and they you know threw the caution very quickly for that uh but he felt fell lap down but still able to make it in and then you know Bubba Wallace uh ends up finishing a lap down but you know had a good first uh stage and had a good qualifying effort to uh score just enough points to get in and you know that door opened up with uh Logano and um Harvick having their issues so um you know now, Bubba Wallace definitely has a. There's definitely a, a path for Bubba Wallace to make it to the the final four. Uh, how likely is that to happen? Don't know, but uh, definitely it's you know certainly a possibility. They have to think about uh, if things go right uh, for them. But uh, you know, for that team, they make it in. They go to the round of twelve. Uh, Truex gets in the round of twelve. So um, yeah, the I mean, up racing at Bristol. I mean probably a lot left to be desired from the racing standpoint, but, you know, from the storylines and what we were looking out for this weekend, yeah, definitely uh, a lot happened. So, yeah, I mean, this race, you know, definitely kind of changed, changed the trajectory of, you know, what we thought the playoff field was going to look like. And, you know, now we go into this uh, round of 12 with a slightly different looking field than maybe what we were anticipating. And, you know, now get into maybe, you know, all three tracks are definitely very different, uh, you know, you have uh, the road course in Charlotte Roval. You have Talladega, definitely a wild card, and then you have Texas, which last year was a wild card. We'll see if it changes this year, um, based on you know the tire that they have. So now you have probably the most varied round, and definitely going to see a, a lot of different results here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely, you're gonna you're really going to have to be on on top of things uh with the variety in this round uh you know one and a half mile racetrack with the two different types of turns you have the Talladega super speedway racing which is essentially a demo derby now and then Roval uh which now they're bringing back stage breaks so that'll also be uh overrated demo derby so you have to keep things clean and keep it simple to get out of that deal in that round. I mean, Kevin Harvick, that's probably the maddest I've seen Kevin Harvick in a long, long time. Uh, and just the look of despair and on Rodney Childers, you know, the the comments he made after the race. I mean, it's, it's just unacceptable. Uh, you're a championship-winning team, and for... They've been there for what ten years, and that uh, that might be one of the worst races that Kevin Harvick's ever had uh, in his career, let alone maybe the worst race he's ever had at SHR. And unfortunately, he was in a spot where he needed to make it in. Uh, just unfortunate for them. Logano got knocked out, 
not of his own doing. And uh, I think he might have been able to stay stay up and stay alive if he was running, but he gets knocked out, takes it out of his hands. The other two guys were really screwed prior to even getting to the racetrack at Bristol this weekend. But McDowell can go and uh, hold his head up high because he was able to have uh, that victory at Indy, go and he had some really good runs. Honestly, had the best car at Watkins Glen and had electrical problems. So there's there's potential there for sure, even though Front Row Motorsports lost probably one of the best prospects in the sport, uh, which we'll discuss in a little bit. Well, the Xfinity race, as Josh mentioned, Jimberg uh, uh, made his first of two starts in 2023 at the Food City 300. Uh, and he was, I mean, it, it was box office for sure. It was a really solid race. I, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Uh, there was a lot of drama, but, you know, the it was a really good race. Justin Allgaier gets the victory. His wife was there, and his one of his daughters was there. Twenty uh, second career victory at for first time or first time in since I think twenty twelve uh, or twenty ten. Yeah, the first time since twenty ten that that Justin Allgaier won at Bristol, and that was when he drove for Penske driving the Verizon Dodge Challenger. I always remember that because I was one of the first races with the the COT or whatever they called it, the next gen car or whatever it was. And they had the Dodge Challenger and I wanted that die cast and I do have that die cast. It was a cool car. Um, so yeah, first time in 12 years, Daniel Hemrick, uh, uh, on a weekend that they announced that, uh, track or what do you call a uh, colleague announces that he's going to be moving back up to the cup series, drive the 31 car. He had a car that was in the mix and possibly could have won uh lap traffic uh didn't work out in his favor and uh old tires too john hunter nemechek third cole custer started on pole won the first stage uh both him and all swapped the uh, stages one first and second chandler smith finishes fifth uh ryan sieg trevor bain riley herbst sammy smith and Kaz Gralla round out the top 10 sheldon greed was 11th jeb burton 13th uh Parker Kligerman, 31st. Austin Hill, 33rd. Uh, Sam Mayer and Josh Berry finished 35th and 36th. Uh, Brockshot Jones was there as well. So we have to get into some of these details. So now uh, Collig ends up having a, a, a pretty solid day. Uh, Hamrick, probably one of the best races he's had in a while. Really legitimately had a chance to win that deal. I uh, think that's the first time since Atlanta when uh, Justin Haley hung him out to dry, where I think he really could have won. Custer had a really fast car early, and then I don't remember exactly what happened to him with track position or if he got penalized or something. Uh, but once Allgaier kind of took over, he, it was hard to go and get it back. He, yeah, after leading, he, Custer ended up leading the first 108 laps, uh, took over the lead after Dale Jr., uh, had his problems, uh, had his fire. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Custer starts the playoffs off with a top-five finish, so you can't really complain. Probably wanted the win, though. Sammy Smith actually gets a decent run. Sheldon Creed and uh, Austin Hill, I don't think uh, there's much love for 
they have much love for each other as teammates and um depending on who you're a fan of or how you looked at that uh it was a racing incident or you think that sheldon creed cleaned out austin hill um personally the way i looked at it austin hill could have given him more room sheldon creed could have pinched the car off a little bit gotten out of the gas uh, he could have used a little bit more um he could have been a little calmer there i think it was preventable but yeah in the end uh austin hill freaked out and uh, uh ended up wrecked and out and then buckshot jones and josh berry were battling up in the top 10 uh they kind of door banged and then after that berry and mayor uh got into it where josh berry cut a right front tire um sam mayor comes out and talk shit about josh berry and uh immediately looks like a entitled douche and somebody i mean it basically he he basically leaned into what keebler gibbs said about him at watkins Glen um with the way he behaved towards josh berry um i mean there's this narrative now that the way he's been his season's been that he doesn't belong in the cup series or he shouldn't be getting a ride in the four car which is complete nonsense um but I mean, there was a lot going on, a lot of teammate battles that didn't go well. Uh, but while uh, and Dale Jr., of course, leading 47 laps and looking great out there, I was really hoping he could have won that race because I wanted to have you videotaping and losing your shit. That would have been great, Josh. But um, instead, he caught on fire and uh, he pulled over, I forget, to one of the Gibbs pit pits and uh, they were able to put the fire out for him. But. Uh, and unfortunately, old Junebug, uh, he was so fast. He was as fast as Xfinity 10G. His car caught on fire. And um, uh, I, I, he, that was, he came up through the field, Josh, and he looked really good. And he had track position uh, as as the early in the stages went on. And it looked like a race. It looked like a typical uh, Dale Jr. kind of deal where once he got in the lead, he was going to hold on to it. Um, he was having a lot of fun. He was in very relaxed, but unfortunately it kind of, uh, fell out of, it went out of his hands. Uh, but in the end, he got a ride into victory lane with Justin Allgaier, uh, JRM after what looked like a grim, uh, a night ends up with a victory and, uh, Justin Allgaier advances or gets into the playoffs with, uh, a strong, uh, result there. Yeah. And you talking about, how Dale Jr. was able to get up there and battle for the lead. Um, you know, he started out 15th. And, I mean, going back to practice, uh, he I think he had second fastest in his group in practice, which you know, I thought that was kind of interesting there. But I knew the second group, I guess the group that he was in was kind of more of the back half of the, you know, the second half of the field, not the contender. So I wasn't sure. But then, um, you know, qualifying, he was the first one out. And, uh got a good enough time to qualify into the field uh ended up 15th which you know is very you know Dale Jr-esque to be able to do um you know it was normally kind of a midfield qualifier or you know not well not midfield but maybe you know definitely like slightly outside of the top 10 that's where he normally qualifies anyways so I wasn't too surprised there but you know slowly started making his way up into the field and you know second stage or first stage you know gets up into uh, ninth place by the end of the stage that was encouraging and then you know, just had a had a good pit stop 
uh, on that first stage caution to you know pick up four spots, get into uh, fifth place there. So um, you know on that uh, stage one or stage you know beginning stage two start, and then you know just goes up there and races and he's up in third place. And so, uh, you know, just crazy to see him, you know, right up there for the lead already in the middle of the second stage. And, you know, they still, still got a little bit of ways to go. So, uh, just seeing him up there and, and everything. And, um, you know, he was able to race up there for third, I fell back to, I think he did fell back to fourth though. So, um, you know, he had that happen. And then, um, you know, the other cautions where, you know, with Josh Berry and Brandon Jones uh, and Sam Mayer all getting in the same accident, um, that doesn't help for the company. That's not good, but you know, for him, uh, I guess less cars they have to go through and everything. So, you know, you have that, and then uh, the other contenders like Austin Hill, Sheldon Creed taking themselves out. So, um, you know, really opened the door for the opportunity, possibility of uh, Dale Jr. winning that race, and uh, you know the start of stage three uh you know they were up there again and um i think just nagar pitted or i think and then that that led to dale jr being able to uh sit up there on on the lead for the start of stage stage three and he led you know definitely led a, a ton of laps until the next caution and then you know they decided on their strategy they're going to go and pit and then um after that you know they still had still had more time to um you know go and you know race you know race their way back up there but you think they just got caught up uh in traffic and everything trying to trying to get back up there to the lead and didn't have quite enough to get up there i think the tires kind of started to equalize and then of course you know the you know later on the uh shifter boot or something something like some wiring, I think he said like short circuited or whatever and started to catch fire, uh, in the shifter boot or something like that. And then that kind of set the, I guess like one of the leg, leg panels and on the, you know, on the inside started to catch fire. That's why he said, I got a hole in my pants <laughs> and everything. So, um, you know, that, that happened. And of course, you know, if you stay out there for any longer, it could turn into a bigger fire. So, um, definitely good, good time to get out. You know, I mean, it's not like he's racing, you know, like, I mean, yeah, he wants to win, I, but it's, it's all for fun. It's not like you're racing for a championship or anything. You're trying to stay, you know, out there as long as possible and everything. So, um, you know, he doesn't need to risk that. So, you know, he's willing to jump out of their ASAP and everything and not really sure why NASCAR, you know, they couldn't get a safety crews to him or whatever, but, um, you know, the credit to John Aaron Nemechek's crew for getting him out there, helping out of the car, uh, and everything. So, uh, and, you know, glad he wasn't, you know, injured or anything like that. So, you know, it's obviously, you know, been, been in a fire before and everything, which was, you know, not good, but, uh, you know, back in 2004, but, you know, that was, that was pretty interesting. You know, I was texting Joe throughout the race and, you know, when he got up to the lead, we we're like, oh man, I'm so happy right now he's leading. And, you know, we're like, how's, how's this even possible and everything, you know, talking, talking with him throughout the race and, you know, just, yeah, I was glad, glad to see him up there, you know, like I said, back to, you know, when I was, you know, kid and everything and leading, seeing Dale Jr. lead. So, you know, I was honestly, yeah, I might've tried to film myself if he, you know, was up there at the end racing uh, for the win. So, 
um, you know, would have liked to seen that happen. And, and, you know, I was definitely starting to feel a little bit nervous, you know, as kind of race while he was still leading as the race kind of went on. And it was like, come on, just, you know, let's go caution free to the end and see, you know, see this happen. So, um, you know, fortunately it doesn't happen, but, uh, he still has one more race in Homestead, uh, and in a couple of weeks. So that's on October in about a month from now. So October 22nd or 21st, he'll be racing at Homestead. Uh, and that may end up being the second to last race. Apparently, I guess afterwards, you know, they're talking about how many, how many years does he end up planning to do this? And then apparently, I guess, uh, his sister said, you know, you'll do the two this year, the one in Bristol and Homestead, and then there'll be one more in next year, uh, which, uh, we'll see how that ends up happening. If, you know, next year he ends up doing one more final start in Xfinity and that'll be it. We'll see. Uh, but you know, he has the opportunity right now to be able to potentially contend at Homestead. Remember 2020 led, uh, some laps there as well and ran, I think top five there. So it's definitely possible. So we'll see, um, you know, how he's able to do and, you know, definitely competitive and everything. And you know, I think the, uh, late model racing he's been doing, um, this year and, you know, last year, I think it's definitely helped him, uh, with, you know, what he's been able to do, uh, in this car, um, you know, at Bristol. So we'll see how he does at Homestead, but you know, it was definitely refreshing to see, see him up there. Definitely a huge throwback to the old days. So yeah, I was glad I was able to, you know, enjoy that as a, as a fan for sure. And it was good to, it, it added a different element to the race, of course, having junior in there. And, uh, you could tell that for, for Latart and for Burton and all of them, they were nervous for him. And he, they spoke about his nervousness and trying to qualify for the race. Cause he was going to have to come out first car, uh, uh, off the after practice. So it was good for him. And even though there's a lot of wrecked race cars, he ends up with a victory and a trophy. So in it's, uh, a net gain, uh, while, while Kelly says that it's he may only have one race, I think it really is up to what Dale wants to do and the sponsors, because really it's about the with Hellman's and Unilever and then uh, Bass Pro um, determining what they want with him. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, forgot to mention the points for Cup, but uh, we'll go into Xfinity. They... Um, the next race, of course, will be at Texas, as I mentioned. All guys advance to the round of eight. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek's plus 65 above the cut line. Um, Cole Custer's plus 39. Um, Austin Hill's fourth. Chandler Smith, fifth, plus 18. Hemrick, plus 12. Sammy Smith, plus five. And Sheldon Creed, plus four over Jeb Burton. And then Sam Mears, minus 14. Parker Kligerman, minus 22 and josh berry minus 24 so a lot of work to do this weekend and uh at talladega for those three guys uh jeb burton if he can have a decent run this weekend could point his way in uh at talladega with a clean race so see what happens with that um i'll go go and rewind back just briefly with the cups cup standings uh leading into the round of 12 you know william byron and martin truex are uh tied for the lead they're plus 25 above the cut line 
Denny Hamlin is third, plus 21. Kyle Larson, plus 12. Chris Buescher, plus 10. Kyle Busch, plus 8. Christopher Bell, plus 5. And Tyler Reddick, plus 3. Now, Ross Chastain is minus 3, along with Brad Keselowski. Ryan Blaney is minus 6. And uh, Darrell Wallace Jr., minus 14. Heading to Texas this weekend. Uh, truck Series mentioned the UNOH 200. Uh, Corey Heim, uh, after after uh, an interesting round here, first or yeah, I mean they interesting first round. I go into this race leads only six laps, but um, goes and gets the victory there and uh, locks himself into the final four. And I mean that's a huge deal for him and for Tricon Garage to go and get that uh, result and. I mean, it's not that it's unexpected. I think he's been one of the best drivers all season. But uh, after Eckes had dominated the race, you'd figured that he would have um, been able to hold on, but uh, got in a little bit argy-bargy, and uh, Eckes got moved. And, you know, in the end, that's what it is. Corey Himes, a a tough racer, gets that victory, locks himself in. Uh, Heim over Eckes, Grant Infinger, Carson Hosovar, you're and T- Taylor Gray, your top five. Raja Carruth finished sixth. Ben Rhodes in his first race back with uh, Rich Lucius, seventh. Chase Purdy, eighth. Nick Sanchez, ninth. And Matt D. Burrito, tenth. Uh, Jake Garcia, just outside the top ten. Carson Quapple driving for Spire, uh, finished twelfth. Um, Ty Majeski finished nineteenth. And Zane uh, Smith, Ran up front, but late in the race had issues. Finished twenty fourth. So that's uh, those are the playoff guys. Eckes dominated the vast majority of the race. There wasn't was it? There's two. Yeah, they had four cautions. Two of them were for uh, stage breaks. One big incident, which was the five fifty one, and actually the uh, actually Corey Heim was involved in that wreck and. In, I remember that part, but um, yeah, Eckes and Zane Smith were up there early in the day, or early in the evening, and were the two main contenders. But Heim was able to come back from that incident, get back up there, get the victory, Josh, and solidify himself. Now that you know the schedule, as we, uh, as with the what part of what makes the Truck Series unique, unfortunately, is how they're. Uh, how their schedule kind of lands and how they have lots of downtime. They'll be going to Talladega uh, here in a couple weeks' time. Then they'll have a couple weeks off and then Homestead, then another week off prior to the Phoenix um, finale. So, yeah, Corey Heim getting that victory, big deal for them, big deal for that organization. Uh, Tricon Garage gets two trucks in the top five. Uh, there uh, this weekend, but you have to look at the likes of uh, Eckes and Hosovar. They've been up there and been contenders here for a good part of the season. Uh, I would assume, and we've been talking about it on the show, I think it's going to come down to one of those three once we get to Phoenix, but I think Christian Eckes has taken a step, a bigger step uh, in his potential and his productivity with this McAnally team. And I think if, you know, with Phoenix being a track position kind of race, a racetrack where he's done pretty well at, 
if he can get track position qualify well, which he seems to be doing a lot of, he could be the factor there. Um, Corey Heim is going to have to go and make some moves to do to go and get that victory. But we're we're a while away from that. Uh, Heim goes and gets that victory at on Thursday night at Bristol and gives himself a lot of momentum and a lot of time to prepare for Phoenix. Yeah, Corey Heim secures his spot and gets in. So, it, um, which you know feels odd, of course, because it's only September. But uh, yeah, he gets in, qualifies into the final round, and uh, yeah, clutch clutch victory there, securing the lead in the last six laps of the race from Chris Christian Eckes. So um, good for Corey Heim. You know, and definitely been talking about him as one of the best. I think he's probably been the better driver this year in the Xfinity Series. You know, Zane Smith has fallen off. Uh, which is not surprising. And of course, with him going to another team next year, he's kind of, you know, kind of damaged goods to his current team right now. So, um, well, you know, it's tough to see them, but, you know, for Corey Heim, definitely been, been up there this year and now he's proven it once again and now has a chance to go on uh, to win a championship. You know, Christian Eckes has, you know, shown a lot this year that we, you know, just haven't, haven't really seen in the past from him, uh, you know, racing in the past when, you know, he raced, I mean, he's been racing for, you know, different teams over the years. Uh, so for him to, you know, finally get a win or, well, I mean, he's had three wins this year, but, you know, the opportunity for him to, you know, compete for a championship, you know, is something that, you know, is some uh, privilege that, you know, a lot of drivers, um, want to have, but, um, he's definitely proven, um, that he has that capability. And so, you know, we'll see if, uh, he's able to lock that up here in the next two races for the truck series. You know, you have Talladega left and then you have Homestead after that. So, um, I think he's safe to, you know, based on points to make it in, but, you know, things can happen in this series and, um, Hosevar, of course, up there as well. I think he's secure more than likely. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna come down to probably uh, Grandin Finger or Zane Smith, probably uh, one of those two making it in. But you know, points wise, uh, Zane Smith still has fifteen or fourteen points to uh, Grandin Finger, so not a not a whole lot of points. But um, you know, it's definitely a, still quite a deficit. Um, to make up there for, uh, for Smith. So, um, I think, yeah, the three, the three of them, Haim, Akis, and Josevar definitely have opportunity to go and win a championship. And I think it's just that, that fourth spot that's left. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see if, um, who ends up being in, in that, uh, position here in a couple, you know, in a month's time from now. So we'll see, uh, how that goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, pretty short race uh otherwise um you know some of the other guys in this you know uh race though made some noise i mean carson quapple uh racing in this race uh debut in the tra- the craftsman truck series for, uh with uh, spire motorsports and you know started 27th finished 12th so you know, definitely a good good showing for him um you know roger Carruth, we you know talked about him as a wild card in the past uh had a really good run here finishing in sixth so um yeah definitely a a good run for some of these younger guys up and coming uh, in the series or have a future um 
you know, whether in the truck series or in um, possibly in Xfinity, uh, which I think those two drivers eventually are going to be up there full time. So uh, definitely uh, a lot, a lot of showing from those young guys here in this series. So, um, you know, we'll see for, you know, the rest of the series, how they decide uh, this last playoff spot potentially, or the rest of the playoff spots. But uh, yeah, but for Kwayheim, definitely an opportunity that he took and now kind of gets to sit for the next two weeks and kind of, you know, they get to prepare for Phoenix and have a head start over everybody and, you know, figure out, you know, what they're going to, how they're going to set up their car and um, prepare so that they go in there with a, you know, best shot to, to win the title. Yeah. And that's for a team that hasn't been in contention for a title in the truck series, but they've been in uh K and Anarcha. Uh, it's a different uh, animal for sure. And Corey Heim has competed for titles. Uh, he's big on winning races. So this is a different situation. We'll see how they handle that. See if they're going to go and sneak in a couple, if they can go and win uh, sweep the round, uh, which wouldn't be out of uh, wouldn't be out of the realm uh, because of that's happened before in the playoff uh, format. But I mean that battle, as you said, with Zane Smith, uh, Grant Infinger, fourteen points, Osavar, uh, eighteen points above Zane Smith. I mean they they have a bit of a gap there. Uh, Zane now with his future secured. I think uh, is probably going to release him to race a little bit more, uh, be looser, and uh, kind of just go for it all versus what has been going on here in recent months. Uh, ben Rhodes and Ty Majeski, the Thor Sport trucks, their pace is not really amazing. I mean, Majeski won but got nailed with the tire pressure deal. Nick Sanchez, honestly, just the best-case scenario for him is to win. Uh, he's been great on the one-and-a-half-mile racetracks. Uh, super speedways, they've had great pace at the Kyle Busch Motorsports truck. So if he can actually go and uh, put himself in position there, that could uh, give Nick Sanchez that opportunity to go and sneak in and uh, be an upset uh, pick in a sense since uh, right now the points really favor Ekis, Josevar, and Enfinger, so three Chevrolets and uh the lone toyota uh yeah right now there's only one toyota and they're in uh there's one ford or no three fords sorry three fords and then uh four chevy so we'll see how that all works out um moving on to uh the news uh of the some news items that have came up here in the last few days i mentioned that uh um sherry pollock's uh, passed away. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, long battle with cancer. Uh, 44 years old. Just coming off of the catwalk for a cause. Uh, the longtime partner of Martin Truex Jr. Uh, her dad, uh, Greg Pollux, owned uh, was part one one of the owners of PPC Racing, which. Uh, Jeff Green won the 2000 NASCAR Bush Series title in the Nesquik car. Uh, up to that point, that was the most dominant, uh, highest or greatest point total uh, margin uh, in a history of NASCAR's top three series. Uh, he won by like 600-something points that year. And then it took uh, Harvick doing the double 
running both Cup and Xfinity for that to be broken. But um, uh, there, I mean, I th- that I'm going to get into something that happened in regards to Martin Truex and the words that he put out there, uh, the statement he put out there regarding his uh, former partner and uh, the loss, her her passing. Uh, other news there, I mean, well, that is a little more that can go in go either way here uh daniel die is going to be racing for alpha prime for three races uh he's been racing uh for uh what do you call gms this year uh, you have lane riggs is going to be racing for colleague so that'll be interesting he's not he doesn't have a whole lot of experience on bigger tracks so that'll be something uh road america at least for next year is not going to be on the um schedule for any of nascar's three major series bristol goes back to con regular they'll run both races on concrete no dirt um you know i think if they actually ran an actual dirt track like i don't know eldora um and they ran the cup car or the xfinity car they'd have a good race but the i think the main storyline that came out of the weekend was uh was Zane Smith getting uh signed by Trackhouse Racing to a multi-year contract. This is on the heels of course of Shane Van Gisberg in a couple days before announcing that he's going to move to the United States and race uh basically a a smorgasbord of uh, cars and trucks and stuff next year uh running every major series in nascar probably will get an arca car for all we know uh gonna be in late models etc etc to get all kinds of experience and he's going to be coming over next year um right now track house has two cars full-time with ross Chastain and uh daniel suarez um what's it called with um the project 91 car will probably be out there for shane when he runs cup races uh but zane smith since ford dropped the ball yet again uh he was angling to go and sign with Justin marks and their organization um and it looks like based on the uh agreement he's going to move up to track house racing in a third full-time car in um 2025 for 2024 though he will be uh the driving for Spire Motorsports um, in a third chartered vehicle. Right now, the seven car is the only one that we know with Corey LaJoy um, being signed up with, uh, and he got an extension. We don't know for sure what's going to happen with the 77 car. I think we could basically say that Ty Dillon isn't going to have a job because he sucks. Um, but, you know, there the rumors have had numerous drivers, I think, uh, I think Carson Hosevar is likely um, uh, a likely person to get into that car next year, uh, move him up from the truck series. He's been running well for uh, uh, what um, legacy. So I think it would be interesting to see what would happen, give him a full-time ride, um, combine them with Corey LaJoy. Maybe that car could actually do something. But uh, Zane Smith will be driving for them next year. They were able to make a deal, uh, both Trackhouse and Spire, with B.J. McLeod, 
and uh, Matt Tift and Joe Falk to buy the uh, charter, the 78 charter, which um, for 40 million, which is insane. Um, you want to talk about one guy that probably was celebrating half naked and running around like a psychopath. I figured it was BJ McLeod because when, when you go in a cup series and you run, uh, run around and they basically are not competitive most of the time and you get, you're going to end up getting $13.5 million uh, for the trouble. I think that's a pretty good deal. But it's, uh, I mean, the long story short, Zane Smith is going to Chevrolet. He's going over to Trackhouse Racing uh, for the long term. The immediate uh, term in terms of, for 2024, he's going to be racing for Spire in a third car. And uh, so they'll have a three-car team, which is something to... You know, they've not exactly set the world on fire with their results over the years. Um, and now they're going to be a three-car organization. Uh, Spire has done more deals for charters than anybody outside of, uh, I think, Rick Ware and um, now Justin Marks. Uh, and now they're all they're combining forces here. And it looks like they're almost making like a super team. Uh, where Spire is going to be connected to Trackhouse. They're going to expand. The The reality of the world is uh, Trackhouse is probably going to expand to four cars if they had their druthers, and then Spire is going to go back down. They'll probably be two cars, but they'll be in a uh, technical alliance of sorts um, because what is a Dickerson pusher, pusher, whatever his name is, uh, they've been wheeling and dealing these uh charters and i mean there there's people that are sad that that 78 car and i mean for the over the wall crew and some of the people that work on the car yes it's unfortunate but i think spire is going to need people track house is going to need people uh to build out their organizations but i the, the thing that really gets me josh is the fact that yet again ford had a top prospect a guy that has driven in cup uh, in Ford products, drove for Chris Busher, and when he got uh, the vid, he's driven front row vehicles, finished top 10 in the Daytona 500. I mean, he's been solid, and you have cars that are not really performing all that well, uh, and he's been a prospect for I don't know how many years, and you let him go, and not only do you let him go, you go and let him basically go off the the most progressive team in the sport, a team that's going to grow with him and Ross Chastain. I think it also puts into perspective that Daniel Suarez has to pick his shit up uh, because eventually I don't know if he's going to have uh, a ride because SVG is going to be there, and I assume that the long-term goal probably within a year or two is to get into the Cup Series. Daniel Suarez has to pick his game up if he really wants to continue his cup career that's really what i take away from that one part i take away but what did you think i mean it's been uh interesting we've been talking about it offline about zane smith and what he's going to be doing but uh track house racing yet again uh getting in the news and acquiring charters or connecting to get charters and getting one of the best uh young talents in the sport and zane smith to uh, build off of for their organization. 
Yeah, Zane Smith, you know, talk about him. You know, he's done a lot so far in his young career, like you said, and has been a um, contender in the truck series for the past couple of years and has won a championship in the truck series, has won on multiple different track types, you know, he's won on road courses, super speedways, mile and a half, short tracks, and um, just, you know, whatever reason, um, they just, last couple of months, they've been um, out of sync and, you know, hasn't won or anything lately. And now it seems like the relationship has kind of broken down and now uh, he's going on to Chevy and going on to track house. So, you know, for Ford, definitely a big, uh, you know, loss there. Someone that was definitely a huge prospect. Um, you know, I mean, ultimately he was with front row and, you know, had run, uh, at different times this year with front row, um, in the cup series, but, and in the truck series, but, you know, I think wonder just how much room there was to grow with, uh, front row. I mean, is, you know, we see them competing this year and, um, being the, probably the third best Ford team with Michael McDowell, but, you know, beyond that, you have to wonder how, how good they are. Uh, and of course, um, you know, RFK is still, I mean, I think they'll expand as well, but, um, you know, right now it seems like they're clearly focused on the 6 and 17 with Busher and Keselowski. Uh, Penske, you know, there's not a whole lot of room there. Stuart Haas is clearly falling off. So when you look at the opportunities, you know, in the Cup Series for Zane Smith with Ford, you know, there's really not a whole lot there um, where he could go in and have a, a feature, um, you know, some kind of success. Uh, so, you know, when you look at it from, from that point, um, you know, this is a great steal by, uh, track house to go up and get him, uh, and, you know, potentially be in a super team, you know, with, uh, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, and potentially, uh, SVG. So, um, you have, you know, one international star, you have a young rising star, you have, uh, and then two, you know, established names. That's quite a super team. Uh, for track house and then of course the alliance with uh, spire um you know helps spire out helps grow their team um and you know potentially be a um you know part i mean they're aligning with uh track house so I'll definitely raise their profile as well and then you know they are having you know the 40 million uh buyout of the charter from uh bj mcleod which you know that's that's big money i mean i know it's not all going to BJ McLeod. He said he's only going to like about 13.3 million that going to him, but still, you know, for that team still, um, that's a huge win. And, you know, potentially the charter system, we don't know if it's going to be renewed, uh, soon. I mean, it seems like it's, you know, they're still doing negotiations and seems like Jim France, uh, um, you know, the owner of, or at least the most principal owner of NASCAR, the France family, um, seems like he's kind of on against, uh, the, uh, charter system. So, you know, even, we don't even know if it's going to be renewed or not. So, um, potentially, you know, netting, uh, that kind of money is huge and, you know, being able to put that in, into their back into their team, uh, at least in the Xfinity side, that's definitely uh big money there. So a huge help there and shows, shows the investment and everything. And, um, you know, I guess maybe juniors, Kicking Dale Jr. is kicking himself for not buying in when the charters were only 10, uh, 10 million. Now they're worth 
you know, 40, but, you know, I mean, I think he's probably, if he's getting a charter, he's definitely in it for the long haul. He's not trying to make a, a quick investment to make money and everything. And you can argue that, you know, for them, charters or cup team maybe isn't still worth it, but that's another, another point there. But, um, you know, definitely, definitely a huge move, uh, by, uh, Zane Smith for sure. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he does in that third Spire card next year. But definitely think, you know, especially with the uh, partnership with uh, Trackhouse, they're definitely going to have uh, a lot of opportunity next year. Um, and it's definitely going to going to help, uh, you know, those teams and um, make make the Cup Series um, definitely more competitive. So, yeah, excited to see how that partnership plays out and you know how, how he performs in that car and everything so yeah that's definitely in terms of free agency you know definitely one of the biggest moves that we've seen from a young prospect and you know ford has a history you know going back to jeff gordon of you know losing good prospects uh so now now we see that here so you know ford and toyota seem seem to not have done a good job of keeping their prospects, you know, in, in-house and everything. So, um, you know, definitely a uh, mistake there by Ford. But, yeah, excited to see what Zane Smith brings to the table here in the Cup Series next year. Yeah, I mean, you brought up Jeff Gordon. That's the most famous one. People, they, they talk about Dale Earnhardt. He drove a Ford for Bud Moore for a couple of years before he ended up uh, making the connection that made his career uh, with uh, Richard Childress um in uh with uh, by screwing over ricky rudd um then uh jeff gordon was driving for bill davis and ford and then rick hendrick went and swooped in and took him out uh picked him up signed him up for a multi-year deal with dupont and then obviously you know what came from that the bush brothers i mean kurt bush did drive for him so it's not like uh that they, they he was able to drive for roush and he also drove for shr in ford products uh, Kyle Bush was there, but because of the whole age thing and the tobacco, all that stuff in like 2000, 2001, he ended up having to sit on the sidelines. In turn, Rick Hendricks goes and sneaks up, gets him. You're, I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that uh, I'm trying to remember. Those are the big ones, of course, because when you consider um, Jeff Gordon, Kyle Bush, or uh, the two biggest ones i mean this is the zane smith i think is a huge loss uh shr part of the problem is and we'll talk about it when we talk about nhra um tony is more focused on driving a dragster top alcohol dragster and his wife's team and and matt hagan's team than he is about his cup organization gene haas is more worried about running mid-pack or worse in formula one than he is about this cup and xfinity team and Roush, you mentioned RFK. They're basically in bed with uh, Rick Ware now. One of those charters is basically the um, Justin Haley car. So that's going to be the de facto third RFK car next year. So that's where their, quote, expansion is going to be. Um, and they've had pro- they've made progress at, uh, at times this year. They've looked way better than they ever have because I mean when you're the drizzling shits for decades I mean I guess anything is going to look good but uh, I mean that Penske has definitely been off Harrison Burton is more or less been irrelevant in the 21 car Uh, he's really not doing much 
better than what Paul Menard or Matt Benedetto did, I guess. Uh, that's the comparison, really. Um, Blaney, when he was there, at least they were they ran up front a lot more. But you have to wonder what Penske's situation is with that. Um, Ford, I don't think he has a plan. I don't think they're... Whether it's a NASCAR thing with the rules or whatever, it's not a good look for Ford. Uh, Toyota, with legacy coming over, maybe that's going to open up some doors for to keep some of their drivers there as well. And speaking of Toyota and speaking of somebody who's been with uh, that brand as Martin Truex Jr., um, the, his uh, longtime partner, Sherry Pollock, passed away this past weekend. It was received a lot of uh, lot of condolences and well wishes for, uh, for Sherry Pollock. And Martin Truex ended up uh, putting out a statement basically trying to it, it and you can make the i was saying i don't know if i said it to you josh or um yeah i think i did and it's like talking about what might have been on his mind during this round uh because he his uh progress and the way he's been running has dropped off after having a lot of momentum leading into this first round of the playoffs um probably when you're looking at somebody who you were in love with and spent so many years with um being so close to passing it could it'll affect anybody and so i think for martin truex jr that probably played a part and he put out a statement it was on instagram social media whatever uh but you know one particular person decided to go and add their two cents to the uh situation uh her name or what i would call what i call her is miss hummer uh, she's uh, she for whatever reason Sky F1 insists on having her show up and uh, be a analyst for Formula One races when she's not driven a Formula One car for two decades and that was one time I think uh, she doesn't know anything about Formula One she doesn't know anything about the series she's a bad representation for female drivers she basically has said that women drivers cannot race in Formula One or race in open wheel series or whatever. So she's basically as bad or of a, a representation as you can get. And that doesn't take into account the fact that she's a cunt and um, is literally one of the nastiest people that's ever been in motorsports, has a terrible personality disposition, was a terrible race car driver, didn't care about racing, still doesn't care about racing it's all about putting herself over now she's some sort of wingnut conspiracy theorist or um like she wants to go with like robert kennedy or whatever the hell uh you know like uh, idiot stick that you know she doesn't add anything positive and now she's commenting on martin truex's uh, statement that he made and at a time when it's about sherry pollocks and her passing and uh talking about the comments he made and going in and adding that she never liked Martin Truex. I'm like, honey, there aren't that many people that like you. Um, and the, the proof is in the pudding. Every team she's left, the team ended up being better once she left. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. dumps that whore and ends up finding his wife now. So, I mean, there's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, sure, right now he's got an Achilles injury and he's doing the ayahuasca and all that. But I got to say, more than likely, I think Aaron Rodgers is better off not being with her um she's basically a surfboard with hair and um i can only imagine it with 
the conversations with her how that can be. But she is an awful, she's an abomination of a person and selfish and self and absolute. And, um, I mean, to, to go and make uh, uh, the passing of somebody else and go and take that and make it about you is, is speaks volumes about how um, vapid and uh, empty headed and uh, I'm trying to think of the word is like uh, to go and to be what you know, just really uh, narcissistic that's the word to be a nar I mean she is a narcissist she's been a narcissist for years she spends more time looking at what the P whatever PR thing will be not about actually being able to race a car properly she had all kinds of crew chiefs over the years in NASCAR that were really that were legitimate crew chiefs that have won races and won big races and were contending for titles yet when they were with her she looked like a a monkey's anus I mean she she's I don't know why she's allowed to be on TV why she's given a platform at all um they should stop giving her a platform. She is disgusting. She is a horrible person. And um, to be that much of a narcissist that you take the passing of someone else and use it as a platform to go and shit on uh, a driver or, sh or shit on somebody else that was one of your peers um, is is pathetic. And, um, you know, karma is a thing. Hopefully the karma train hits her right in the face because... Uh, it's absolutely despicable. Um, her, what she said, and what she just what she thinks, and it and it's and it really um, makes me sick that that's the kind of people that we have to go and watch on TV or in motorsports, and that she's a representation for women. When that's part, she's the reason why women are never going to be able to get into all these motorsports series because of her. And when you have all these great ladies that race for um, shift up and all these other uh, avenues that are trying and are really doing it because of merit and they actually can drive and they're good with marketing and they're good with fans. And then you have that, that empty head who was able to drive in top flight equipment for, I don't know how many years and win one race when Haley Castro Nevis thought that she was a lap down. I mean, really just go and eat a bag of dicks. You whore. Um, all right, so we'll move on uh, with uh, the Singapore Grand Prix in a more positive note. The smooth operator, smooth operator, uh, goes out there, wins the pole, was fast all, all weekend, and a methodical performance uh, on Sunday, managing the gap first to George Russell, who was on the outside pole, and then later with his BFF, Lando Norris, to go and hold off the Mercedes when they decided to come in for medium tires uh, during a VSC. Uh, Carlos Sainz gets his second career victory in Formula One. Uh, David Croft spent I don't know how many minutes saying that it was his first career F1 win. Uh, we were in the grid talk chat, and it was like he won at freaking Silverstone last year in a Ferrari. So <laughs> I don't know how the hell he was going on with that. But Carlos Sainz went out there and did work to go and win that race. Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton round out the podium. George Russell crashed on the final lap out of a podium position. Uh, Charles Leclerc 
ends up finishing fourth, holding off Fishlips, who um, had to come from 11th. The first time he'd miss, the Red Bull has missed uh, Q3 in I don't know how many years, and uh, it was a bad uh, situation for them in general. Uh, should have been penalized more. He impeded in multiple air, multiple instances of impeding during qualifying. Didn't get penalized for any of them. Ends up benefiting and only starting 11th. He was able to slowly move up, but the safety cars didn't come out at the right time for him. They were both on hard tires. I mean, Checo Perez, they weren't able to um, uh, benefit the way the cautions came out. And then they had to pit under green. Checo, of course, struggled way more than uh, Fishlips. Fishlips moves up, ends up being a few hundredths of a second away from finishing fourth on a, on a weekend when the Red Bulls were not a factor and uh the unbeaten streak for red bull finally over uh first time since george russell won at brazil that uh a non red bull car has won and uh first time there's not been a red bull on the podium in a long long time as well but uh yeah carlos signs josh went out there did great work this whole weekend to get that second career win and uh I, I think the one piece that I was, you know, as a, of course, a Lewis guy, I felt at the end of the race there, once that pit stop had happened, that Lewis had more pace and that if he had been in front of uh, George Russell instead of being behind, which he had been most of the weekend anyway, uh, and he admitted as such that his qualifying pace was not good enough and that if he had um, qualified better, then he might have been in a position to actually um, contend for the victory. The fact of the matter is Carlos Sainz did what he had to do and uh, give Ferrari a much-needed victory, and he gets his second career victory in Formula 1 at the Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah, I mean, for uh, Carlos Sainz, I mean, it's crazy that we see somebody not named Max Verstappen go out and win the race, and not only not Max Verstappen, but just a not-Red Bull team go out and win uh, in, um, you know, this four in the one season. Um, so yeah, just a shocking result from qualifying, you know, with Red Bull being completely off, uh, you know, this past weekend and none of their cars making it into, uh, to Q3. So, um, for, you know, Carlos Sainz, um, you know, he's able to, you know, he had a one pit stop strategy that they wanted to use and, um, you know, he's able to use a slower pace and then take advantage of, uh, DRS to stay up in front um, and you know lead throughout the entire race. Uh, so that you know that was um, pretty interesting to to see that. Um, you know I think the Mercedes. I think they probably had the right strategy. Like like you said, they were um, they pitted for medium tires and were making. Um, you know they fell back quite a bit, but they were making up a lot of time and they were closing in. You know on on. Um, Lando Norris there, but of course, um, George Russell makes the mistake of, uh, crashing out. Uh, I think he was, or, well, I guess he was too concerned with trying to stay ahead of, uh, Lewis Hamilton, uh, for the podium spot and took himself out there, made a mistake over, over driving in, in the corner. So, um, yeah, for, uh, Lewis, you know, gets a podium, Lando gets a podium, uh, as well. So, a uh, good result there for McLaren, and of course, uh, Oscar Piastri also had a good race there as well, going from 
uh, 17th on the grid and coming up to 7th. So very, very good result there for him. Um, and, uh, you know, Verstappen still gets a 5th uh, there. So, I mean, still has the title all but locked up. But, um, you know, at least somebody else won the race this time. And, you know, Carlos just went out and just ran a, you know, excellent pace in this race. So actually a kind of a close finish. But, I mean, I think it was mostly because of the pace that he was running, not necessarily because they were driving all out with uh, eight-tenth of a second win over Lando Norris. So, um, yeah, definitely a good race there for, um, you know, fans, you know, wanting to see somebody else win finally. And, you know, I think after qualifying, I think the interest and seeing that happen definitely went up. So um, glad that a other team besides uh, Red Bull actually won. And Carlos Sainz gets his uh, second career win. Definitely very smooth criminal type of way uh, by, you know, setting the pace uh, to um, take advantage of DRS and then also um, gives – Lando also some DRS to stay ahead of uh, the Mercedes cars there. So um, all in all, definitely a um, you know good race. Uh, you know to start off to start off the day as you know that was the first race on on Sunday, uh, and good race to cap off the weekend of racing, I guess. Uh, with you know between what we talked about earlier with NASCAR at Bristol and then you know waking up to Formula One in Singapore on Sunday. Yeah, that was a. Uh, uh entertaining race i mean people say well it was more processional i mean that's what formula one is anyway i think the strategy of what carlos Sainz had to do to manage the gaps uh coast where kind of a lifting coast you're having to manage the fuel and you're also having to manage the tires that's part of what makes uh makes formula one what it is right now but uh, carlos Sainz did a great job uh in uh getting that victory uh go and give the results just out of um, Wolf defend Russell. Yeah, well, whatever cares. Um, results going to drivers. Get into that. So yes, the results of the Singapore Grand Prix: Signs Norris, Hamilton, Leclerc, Verstappen, then Pierre Gasly, uh, Oscar Piastri, as Josh mentioned, going and coming from the seventeenth. Uh, Sergio Perez eighth. Liam Lawson gets uh, his first points. For uh, Alpha Tori in his uh, second start, uh, we'll see. I'm I'm assuming he's going to be in the car this weekend. It would make a lot of sense for him to be in the car since he's been in Super Formula. He has plenty of uh, experience now on these Japanese circuits. And Kevin Magnuson getting a point for uh, Haas. Um, Perez ran into Alex Albon and spun him out, uh, costing. Uh, Williams a point there. Uh, Joe, Guan Yu, Hulkenberg, Logan Sargent, who crashed earlier in the race, um, ended up having to come back, was able to recover to 14th. And Fernando Alonso's last car running. Uh, he had issues with the, they had issues on a pit stop. He had the five second penalty for, um, uh, in, I think it was impeding or it was a, the jumping is whatever i think it was a uh, contact or something whatever it was he had a five second penalty they had issues on a pit stop then he had technical issues it went to hell in a handbasket for him when they were running up in the top 10 uh russell botas okan yuki sonoda uh basically retired right at the start of the race 
which seems to be a whatever with Alpha Tori, one of them usually retires. And that's the same for Alpine, one of them retires somehow, some way. And then Lance Stroll uh, ended up crashing and qualifying, massive wreck coming out of the final uh, corner. And uh, they deemed between his, uh, his health and uh, the, all the stuff they had to do, knowing that they were going to go to Japan, uh, they decided not to race uh, on uh, Sunday. The uh, driver's standings right now, uh, first stop, and of course, is what, uh, 5 one, one, 151 points ahead of Sergio Perez. Uh, when you look at that, I mean, uh, we're getting close to where he's going to end up uh, locking up the championship. Uh, the constructors is more likely to happen first, so we'll see when that happens. Uh, the machinations with that, I think Qatar is where this is the first time where I think that'll probably be in play. Lewis Hamilton, after what has been a, a long season and brutal season at times, has now uh, taken overtaken Fernando Alonso for third in the Drivers' Championship. He is uh, 43 points behind Sergio Perez for second, so it's gonna he'll need to win uh, to give himself a real chance. Uh, Hamilton Alonso separated by 10 points. Signs winning the race. Uh, gives himself a 19-point gap over teammate Charles Leclerc. George Russell is in seventh, uh, is it, uh, and 33 points behind Carlos Sainz. Lando Norris is in eighth, 12 points behind uh, his buddy George Russell. Then you have Stroll, Pierre Gasly, and Oscar Piastri in a tight battle separated by five points. Esteban Ocon, uh, Albon, in 13th, then you have the rest of the drivers that are, uh, you know, a handful of points. The only drivers that haven't scored, Nick DeVries, of course, is not racing anymore in Formula 1. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo is on the injured list, and Logan Sargent for Williams, uh, which his uh, ride might be in jeopardy to based on his performance here in general. All right, so uh, we went through all that. Uh, let's get into the football. Um, I mean, uh, Niners won in a tough battle. Brock Purdy didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he ran for one. Christian McCaffrey ran for one. Uh, Debo Samuel ran for one. Uh, they were able to, uh, Purdy missed a few throws, but his teammates uh, backed him up. He knew that he had to, he had to make adjustments, so... And no harm, no foul. The defense was getting shredded by Matthew Stafford, but in the second half, they they tightened up and they were able to pick him off twice. Uh, Puka Nakua has become a revelation at 15 receptions. And if I had actually played him, I think I would have won every league that I that I have him. Uh, I know I definitely lost one where I should have. If I played him, I would have won. Uh, I have him in my league, but didn't need him. Uh, they have their Kieran Williams as well, who's a running back. Uh, they're getting rid of Cam Akers, it sounds like. So there's that. Seattle ends up coming back late and beating Detroit when they were unveiling the Barry Sanders um, statue coming off of their victory at Kansas City. So brutal there. Arizona had a huge lead, 28-7. to uh, over the Giants and uh, proceeded to dump the whole entire lead 
and lose uh, Danny Dimes going out, having one of the best performances of his career in the fourth quarter to bring him all the way back and uh, get a much-needed victory. The Giants will be going to Santa Clara uh, this Thursday to play the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday Night Football. So that for the Niners home opener. So that'll be uh, something to look at how that all goes. I mean, I'll uh, with fantasy I, right now, it's like half. Uh, yeah, and cross. Okay, so I don't know. Yeah, so I'm going through. Oh, so Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb got hurt. Oh, man, that's not good. Yeah, he's he's probably done. Oh boy, I don't want to. I don't even want to see it. It's gonna make me throw up. I'm sure because that is brutal. That is god awful. I I hate I hate those kind of injuries when came in low for a tackle, delivered a hit to ugh, Chubb's hand to try to. Ugh, oof. Oh man. Oh man, that is unfortunate. Uh, he was, I mean, he's been one of the bell cows. He's been a solid player for, uh, Cleveland in his whole time. But unfortunately, um, it looks like he's going to be out for the season. We don't know how long it'll be for him to come back from that injury. He's injured the left knee before, uh, yeah, in college, in college as well. So, I mean, it's it's, the same knee. Yeah. The same left knee, so unfortunate uh, injury for people who have him. Uh, for him to, for the Cleveland Browns, they definitely, uh, you know, they set up their offense around him. So uh, losing him, and now they're going to have to find what their running back situation is going to change uh, exponentially. Uh, so got to look in that, look into that, and how that all works out. And um, it's un- just unfortunate. You don't, it, you hate to see that for any player, um, especially such a gruesome injury like that. Um, yeah, and my uh, what is it? The one one league I'm in that I lost that I lost this week of like by ten points. If I had Puka Nakua, I had Geno Smith uh, on the bench, or because I had Justin Fields playing, but Justin Fields does not know how to complete a forward pass. Um, Stefan Diggs didn't really do much of anything. He had seven for 66. T Higgins played well. Romeo Dubs, I was feeling like he was going to have a big day, but he shit the bed. James Cook, Rashad White actually played well. Uh, so that was fine. Dallas Goddard for the second week in a row. Uh, I mean, he got a donut last week, so he got five points this week. It's really bad anyway. Joshua Kelly struggled against a Tennessee defense and in the absence of Austin Eckler. So that's uh, pretty pathetic. So Puka Nakua had on the bench, uh, Rashid Shahid, uh, four for 63, nothing of great significance. New Orleans gets the victory. Um, yeah. So Najee Harris is not having a, a great game. Uh, he's had, what is it? Six attempts for four yards rushing one reception for zero yards on three targets. That's um that's pretty god awful. And uh yeah, so that's one of my teams. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna go to 0 and two in that one. So I'm uh and I'll bring up my other two teams and uh make sure that I have uh you know Chubb and yeah. So oh boy. Yeah uh, that's not good. There's the there's the 
it's as bad as you can imagine. Yeah, there it is. It make I'm glad I did not see that because I get really it really makes me sick when I see those kind of injuries. It's it it it's disturbing um, in general just to see that kind of crap. Um, even and Joe Buck and letter yeah, and he immediately didn't and he was a lot worse and getting into not to be seen. Oh, oh man. Okay, so yeah, so then fall ball league. Uh, Josh uh, right now uh, has still has a bit of a, a, a shot. Needs Pittsburgh's defense to keep going or or get yeah. Well, yeah. So there was your opportunity, unfortunately. So uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really dirty. Um, but you do have Garrett Wilson. You do have some of these other players. You have Harris. Uh, so I mean, you do have reserves you have kenneth walker so you're not empty-handed right now uh in terms of my team uh i'm beating jeff by uh about was it 7.7.3 so we're gonna end up getting off the schneid got to one and one uh steve is gonna get to two and oh that is that that's gonna go down to point adjustment there between luke and manny because it's literally a point two of a point. Um, uh, Matt is going to win probably the big. He's got the biggest uh, margin of victory in thirty-one points. Uh, Vic has the high points of the week uh, over Joe. So there's that. Um, yeah, Josh. Uh, I mean, we talked about it briefly uh, with your uh, with your Jags in the home opener. Hot, very hot temperatures but uh patrick mahomes i mean he didn't really do a whole hell of a lot but of course got back travis kelsey throws a touchdown to him and uh chris jones was able to feast and uh give uh, trevor lawrence hell the whole entire day and uh that basically determined a lot of um what took place for your team and uh uh yesterday af- afternoon yeah uh i mean I think really a big story to come out of that was uh, play calling. And I think the, you know, they had some questionable decisions uh, throughout the game. You know, had a fourth and five uh, at midfield and they decided to go for it and Trevor got sacked. Uh, and then the chiefs took over and scored a touchdown later on uh, with, you know, 30 seconds left. And um, so that, you know, that was the probably, probably a mistake there to go for it. But um, you know, Doug Peterson likes to go for it. You know, he's kind of a gambler, but and everything, which is fine. But wonder if uh, you go back and look at that is that a um, one that you'd like to have back, and maybe punt the ball. And you know, your defense is playing really well and everything, and uh, throughout that game, uh, and make the Chiefs. You know, with about you know four, three, four minutes left in the half to make them work work their way down the field like you had the entire game so uh you have that and then you know later on they had on the one yard line uh they had first and goal and they didn't get in and it ended up kicking a field goal so uh just poor poor execution there and i think poor play calling there i mean why didn't they hand it off to the running back on any of those downs uh with first and goal and the first play they threw is a option to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, just turn around and hand it off and go to the end zone. So, um, yeah, the, that was definitely an issue there with play calling and 
uh, everything. And then, you know, Trevor just struggling in protection throughout the game. Uh, I think offensive line is definitely an issue. It definitely showed up here. Uh, not as bad as last game, but because um, they were able to do stuff. But, you know, going up against a better team, the offensive line struggled. Uh, you know, with you have three unproven guys, right center, left guard, and right tackle. And then you have your right guard that's playing on a bad ankle. And uh, the center is also playing a bad ankle and everything. So uh, still still a lot to work through with the offensive line so we'll see we'll see how it goes but uh definitely uh an issue there uh and injuries galore here in the brown steelers game uh and everything so um his players getting hurt all over but anyways though um yeah just a poor execution and yeah i think definitely situational play calling was was uh terrible you know jaguars defense definitely came out to play uh you know, forced forced fumbles, uh, forced uh, interception off Patrick Mahomes. He was definitely, I mean, he didn't get sacked too much, but he was definitely pressured a, a ton. So uh, he was affected uh, for sure uh, throughout that game and just, uh, you know, gave up a lot of opportunities for the Jaguars to, uh, you know, go out and uh, go and win the game. So, uh, you know, a lot of missed opportunities there for Trevor Lawrence, the rest of the offense. So, uh you know, have to go back to the film room and go and study up and come out here against the Texans and try to get up a, a bounce back game uh, for the offense and uh, try to, you know, have a better uh, game there to send them off into their London series for the next couple of weeks. So after that, so uh, definitely just disappointing uh, loss there um, that they probably probably should have won. Um, given the opportunities uh, that they had throughout that game to be able to pull ahead uh, of the Chiefs throughout there. So, uh, yeah, disappointing there. Fantasy-wise, uh, I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are my team, so, you know, that's part of the lower output this week um, uh, and everything. Uh, and, you know, was on track to probably win tonight until Nick Chubb's injury, so going to have to go back to the drawing board there and everything I've got. Garrett Wilson on my roster as well, so I'm going to have to figure something out. So um, free agency, definitely have to work the waivers this week or figure out uh, a trade or something of of that to kind of fix the roster. Uh, so, you know, lose my first pick uh, in the entire fantasy draft in Nick Chubb so, uh, as I you know went running back first. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. And go from there and see everything how that how that works. But definitely uh, unfortunate for the fantasy, uh, especially. Uh, hope hopefully Nick Chubb is able to come back from that. It's definitely a gruesome injury. Same injury to his left knee that he had in uh, freshman year of college or uh, second year of college, one of the two. So uh, definitely terrible injury. Um, and you know hopefully hopefully he's able to recover. So yeah, that's you know fantasy. Uh, you know, this week. So, uh, you'll just have to go back next week and try again, I guess. So we'll see how it goes. It's unfortunately a part of football, you know, and then with, uh, all the stuff talking about the fields and the conditions that they're having to play and the owner's not willing to play or put grass fields. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't really matter what surface it is. Um, injuries well, are part of it wasn't because anyway. the surface that yeah. really it was he got he got hit low yeah he got hit low by 
by a, another player in the helmet. Minka, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick. So yeah, I mean that's that it it because that's also been a topic of conversation here, like with A. Ron and uh, some of these other players that have been getting seriously hurt. Anthony Richardson going and scoring a touchdown yesterday for Indianapolis, and then going and um, hitting his head, being in concussion protocol. So I mean, there's there's a lot going on there. Um, uh, going and uh, hoping for the best and uh, recovery and all for Nick Chubb. It's a pretty bad situation for sure. Okay, so let's move uh, to something a little more uh positive we'll get into the roundup here so first uh order of business super motocross super motocross will uh oh why can't i open it in something there no paste that's not what i wanted to do that should be a copy the super motocross has been uh it was hunter lawrence or jet lawrence so we'll go into trying to move into the results so Official results in the in the race at Chicago Land Speedway. Uh, first time they've had racing there in a while. Jet Lawrence wins uh, wins the first moto and finishes second in the in Moto Two. Jet or Ken Roxon wins uh, Moto Two but finished third in the first one. Chase Sexton two three. Aaron Plessinger uh, five four. Dylan Ferrandis six five. Uh, to round out the top five there, um, Cooper Webb finished seventh. Barsha was sixth. Phil Nicoletti eighth. Jason Anderson, Colt Nichols uh, rounded out the top ten. So the right now, Chase Sexton uh, still leads the points by 160 over Jet Lawrence. Uh, Ken Roxon is uh, it's the math that doesn't make any sense. Or it looks like yeah, Aaron Plessinger is actually second. Uh, you have Adam C and Cerullo is fourth. So that's uh, we'll see what happens at the LA Coliseum for Super Motocross to finish their their season in uh, the 250 class. Hunter Lawrence gets the double, uh, goes one one, and uh, to uh, get that victory at Chicago. Joe Shimoda for Pro Circuit Kawasaki finishes second. Uh, Hayden Deegan third, going 3-3. Um, RJ Hampshire, Maximus Voland uh, round out the top five. I see all this. Uh, yeah, so right now, yeah, so Hunter Lawrence uh, saw a big points lead there over Deegan, and then uh, a close battle between Kitchen, Hampshire, and Joe Shimoda, which will be determined there as well uh, next, this coming weekend, and the LA Coliseum. Uh, NHRA was at Reading for the first race of the countdown playoff. They had to race, uh, finish the race on Monday. Uh, saw Matt Smith um, get the victory in pro stock motorcycle over chip ellis who's a teammate uh gage herrera got eliminated by another matt smith bike in gianna Evaristo. gianna Evaristo then lost to matt smith in the semis chip ellis was uh able to beat hector rana in the semi-final after he red lit 
Ellis from the number two spot beat Corey Reed, Eddie Krawick as well. Matt Smith beat Chris Bostic, who read in the first round, and Mark Ingerson, who read in the second round. In pro stock, it was a battle of the KB Titan, or, or it was a KB Titan battle in the... They said it was a KB Titan battle, but that's not the case. It was actually um, Matt Hartford getting a second consecutive victory after winning the U.S. Nationals over Kyle Koretsky, who... Um, is part owner of Reading of Maple Grove Raceway now. So home game for him, unfortunately not able to uh, get that win. Uh, Hartford from the number 13 spot beat Greg Anderson, Camry Caruso, uh, Enders, and then Koretsky. So that he beat three members of the KB Titan team. And Kyle Koretsky from the six number six spot beats Jerry Tucker, Aaron Stanfield, Troy Coughlin Jr. to make it to the final. Uh, go to Funny Car. That was Robert Height gets the win in his um, Cornwell Tools Chevy Camaro. And go through here. Start in the number three spot. Beat Jim Campbell, then beat uh, one of his rivals in Matt Hagen, and then beat uh, Ron Caps. So the three; those are the three main protagonist for the title uh, and then uh, knocks off Chad Green in the final. Chad Green from the number five spot beats uh, Terry Haddock, Tim Wilkerson, and Bob Tasca. Still looking for that first win of his career. Doug Coletta uh, got his 50th career top field victory uh, uh, on Monday at uh, Maple Grove. A big deal for him and the whole uh, Coletta organization uh, Coletta started in the number three spot, beat Josh Hart, uh, teammate Sean Langdon, and Leah Pruitt in the semifinal, actually on a whole shot because she had ran the faster elapsed time and speed, um, and then beat Steve Torrance in the final with a better uh, elapsed time and speed. Uh, Torrance was in the four, four spot, beats Mike Salinas, uh, his BFF, Antron Brown, Tony Schumacher to get to the final. The uh, the other uh, piece that uh, wanted to bring up there, um, the winner in Top Alcohol Dragster is uh, one Anthony Wayne Stewart. In, uh, so he won the regional at uh, Maple Grove uh, last month in, in August and was able to go and uh, double up and get the victory here in the national event and in turn go and um, take him get get the points lead in uh, top alcohol dragster by beating Madison Payne. Uh, Madison Payne was the driver that beat him in his first race at Las Vegas uh, last year. Uh, he made the final in Madison Payne, uh, the daughter of uh, Jay Payne and Shelly Anderson Payne uh, goes and loses there. Uh, so uh, Tony Stewart gets the victory. Um, he ended up getting through. So we'll go through the results. He went and beat uh, Fiona Crisp in round one, who was dead late on the tree. And in round two, beat this thing's loading slow. Beat Mike Lewis, and uh, and then in the semifinals, he beat Brandon Greco, uh, who red lit, um, trying to go and get an advantage first semi-final so yeah uh, he gives yeah so he had to, he didn't have lane choice but he's able to beat madison Payne uh there 
Uh, so credit to Tony Stewart. He has a chance at winning a Lucas Oil uh, uh, Sportsman National Championship there. So a few rounds to go. We'll see what happens with all of that um, in um, the NHRA. Extreme E went to uh, Sardinia for another race for another two rounds, the Island X Prix. In round seven, the Saturday race, the the race, the grand finals saw Layla Sands and Matthias Ekstrom for a Konya Science XE team win over the apt duo of Clara Anderson, Sebastian Loeb, and then the Loche team of Molly Taylor and Kevin Hansen. Uh, the Ro- Rossberg team was fourth, and the Carl Cox Motorsports team with Leah Block finished fifth in uh that's not what i wanted to do but uh the in the second race on sunday saw uh, x44 lewis hamilton's team get the victory with uh christina gutierrez and fraser mcconnell so um gets their first win i i believe of the season there so that's uh good good to see that they beat the rossberg team and then the app team was third. The Chip Ganassi Hummer team with Amanda Sorens and RJ Anderson finished fourth. Championship standings see the Sainz team uh, lead by three points over Rossberg. And then uh, third is the Loche. So they're 21 points back uh, in the, the standings. Uh, Ganassi's fourth. And uh, X44 is fifth. Get in the IMSA at Indianapolis. First time they've been at uh, the road course at Indianapolis in a, a few years. Ran a two-hour, 40-minute uh, race. Uh, the Penske Porsches finished 1-2. They qualified on pole. So at Penske's house, the Penske cars win. Uh, Nick Tandy, Matthew Jaminet over Matt Campbell and Felipe Nazar. The six car is in a fight with the 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac and the number 10 uh, Konica Minolta Acura for the driver's championship at Petit Le Mans in October. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Connor DeFilippi, Nick Yellowly in the BMW, number 25, finished third. Wheel and Engineering Cadillac with Durrani and Sims fourth. Uh, Conica Minolta Acura, Ricky Taylor, Philippe Albuquerque fifth. The Meyer Shank Acura sixth. Sebastian Bourdain, Renner Van de Zanda seventh. And then the JDC Miller uh, Porsche and the Proton uh, Porsche eighth and ninth. The TDS Racing number 11, Seth Thomas and Mikkel Jensen uh, win by 19. Point nine seconds over uh, Dan Goldberg and Louis Delatras for Tower Motorsports. George Kurtz, Ben Hanley, rounding out the podium places there. And LMP3, Mantella and Boyd for AWA and a Duquesne beat Scar Robinson and Burdon. Nolan Siegel and Garrett Grist, uh, first of two JR3 racing cars, uh, rounds out the podium. In GT. D Pro, Daniel Jungadella and Jewel Gunan and for the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes over the Harder Racing Aston, Ross Gunn, Alex Ramirez, and Jack Hawksworth, Ben Barnacote for Vassar Sullivan Lexus, who uh, with that result and basically starting at Petit Le Mans, they're going to win the uh, Drivers' uh, Championship there. Windward Racing Mercedes for Russell Ward, Philip Ellis, 
gets a victory in GTD over Misha Goikberg, Louis Spinelli in the Forte Racing Lamborghini, Brian Sellers, Madison Snow, Paul Miller Racing BMW finishes third and locks up the championship for GTD. So they'll get a free roll, they'll get a free run at it at Petit. Uh, their last race in GTD before they move up to the pro category, uh, since they probably, uh, they've been winning so much. I think their, uh, teams are getting mad because it's not like Madison Snow really is a, he's a really good am. I guess he's a, a super am or whatever, like a, a bronze. I forget what they call those, um, super silver, uh, driver for sure. At uh, Sandown, mentioned Shane Van Gisbergen making his announcement that he's coming to the U.S. to race in NASCAR, but he was trying to go and get another victory at the Sandown 500. Instead, his teammate Brock Feeney and uh, team owner Jamie Wincup get the victory, uh, started fifth, moved up to win over Brody Kostecki and David Russell and the Coca-Cola Erebus Chevy, Van Gisbert and Richie Stanaway. They started 19th and ended up finishing third. Will Brown, Jack Perkins started on pole to finish fourth. Andre Heimgardner and Dale Wood for uh, R&J Batteries Racing, number eight. Uh, that's for um, uh, the Jones, uh, Brad Jones Racing, finishes fifth. The first Ford was uh, sixth. Matt, Matt Payne and Kevin Estra, the Penride Racing uh, Mustang, the Davison brothers, Will and Alex, and the number 17 Shell V Power Mustang, Anton Di Pasquale, Tony D'Alberto, eighth. Um, two more Camaros, Craig Lowndes and Zine Goddard round out uh, the top 10. Started 23rd and uh, moved up to 10th. Uh, Di Pasquale from 20th to 8th. So that's uh, that right there. Garth Tander uh, ended up uh, wrecking and had to retire. Uh, Cameron Hill, Jalen Robotham uh, also were not classified. Uh, championship point standings, uh, Brody Kostecki leads the championship over SVG by 155 points. Uh, Brock Feeney with the win gets to within 204. Will Brown, 294. Heim Gardner with his top five gets in and takes over fifth place. Uh, 491 points behind. He's 20 points ahead of Chaz Mostert. Uh, Cam Waters, 7th. Uh, LeBrock, Will Davis, and Bryce Fullwood running out the top 10. He's tied with Anton DiPiasquale. We'll uh, move over. The Indian Grand Prix will uh, take place for MotoGP. Uh, first time in 10 years that they're having racing at the Bud International Circuit. There's issues with safety. Um, so we'll see what goes on with that. If there's boycotts and stuff with the riders. Um, we got a 36-point lead for Peko Bagnaia over Jorge Martin, who um, won or been uh, moving forward. Marco Bisecchi, uh coming off of a win the last uh, last round. Brad Binder, uh, fourth, and Alex Spargaro, fifth. Johan Zarco, sixth. Of course, the news now, uh, Franco Morbidelli will take over the, the Pramac bike that Zarco is leaving to go and race for LCR Honda and uh is going to stay at uh, VR46. We'll see what happens if they end up getting a factory bike for him in the 25 or if they go and change manufacturers. Bigger question is what's going to happen with uh, Mark Marquez. 
in Moto2. Pedro Acosta uh, is going to move up to MotoGP. Uh, where he's going to ride is to be determined. Uh, you got 23 and 34 point lead over Tony Arbolino. Jake Dixon is third. Aaron Canet and Alonzo Lopez are tied for fourth. Celestino Vietti is six, 10 points behind those two guys. Um, Joe Roberts is uh, right now in 15th racing for Tal Trans. He's going to be moving back to uh, the America, the American racing team uh, for next year. Uh, so we'll see how that all works out. Uh, Sean Dillon Kelly uh, continuing his uh, fill-in opportunity uh, for forward racing. So we'll see how he goes if he can finally get points on uh, in Moto2. And we'll talk about that uh, next week on the show. And uh, World Superbikes at Aragon. Uh, we talked about Johnny Ray uh, going and moving over to uh, Yamaha for next year uh, after Toprak Raskat Lioku moves over to BMW. So that'll be a huge thing. The big uh, news or progress is for uh, Garrett Gerloff qualifying, having a great qualifying and great results at uh, Manny Corps. Can he go and repeat that? going to Aragon and uh, move himself up in the standings. That's something we have to see right now. Uh, Bautista is up by 57 points over Raskat Lioku. Ray is third, um, 34 points ahead of Andrea Locatelli. Bassani rounds out the top five. Danilo Petrucci uh, is gonna, has re-signed for the team, his team uh, for another year. Uh, Scott Redding is the top BMW rider, and uh, Garrett Gerloff is uh, 16 points behind him. So we'll see what happens with that um, going forward. All righty. So that's uh, that with uh, the roundup. Let's move forward to the Japanese Grand Prix. Suzuka, one of the classic tracks, a uh, circuit that tests all aspects of a car and a driver. But I think after a rare off week for the um, Red Bull team, I think uh, it's going to go back to the usual uh, thing. So uh, you, uh, Josh, you were first to pick last week for Singapore. We both picked uh, uh, first up and obviously did not happen. Uh, you were closer. I mean, I picked the second place finisher and you ended up picking the winner, but he was second so i guess there's some consolation uh last week the picks uh, i actually nailed the truck pick for bristol so i'm happy about that uh but otherwise it and logano i called logano getting eliminated i didn't think kevin harvick was going to get eliminated i said he was going to win and he definitely didn't um truex ends up uh getting in i said he was going to get back in he did um truex you had said it was not and uh he was able to hold on, uh, assisted largely by Logano's issues. Uh, I'm going to make, uh, so Japanese, he's Grand Prix, uh, F1, Japanese Grand Prix. We'll go with Phil, uh, Fish Lips to win. And then what did I say on Grid Talk earlier in the preview? Uh, I put Carlos Signs, a smooth operator, uh, Signs in second and lando norris uh norris round 
out podium for me. Uh, what do you think, Josh? Who do you look for? Uh, uh, do you see somebody beating uh, or stopping two races in a row, or is he going to get back on the winning track and who um, would finish behind him? No, um, I think Max is going to, this is a get right type of race for uh Verstappen so yeah Verstappen first um Carlos well I'm gonna go Car yeah Carlos signs in second and I'll say um George Russell finishes third around out podium okay so yeah signs norris uh, uh, all right so that's it for japanese grand prix yuki sonoda getting a home game liam lawson if he's racing he's been racing super formula uh we'll see how that experience helps him uh, you have um guan yujo announced the extension to stay at uh alpha sauber um I'm trying to think of what else is going on. Uh, Pato Award is going to be running at Abu Dhabi for uh, practice one, free practice one. Looks like he's uh, in line to get a super license. So he could add more testing to his um, plate in Formula One. Uh, okay, the Cup and Xfinity, uh, Texas. We'll start with the Xfinity series, the... Andy's frozen custard, 340 cars for 38 spots. Um, it's uh, Smithley in the four and pool here. David Starr in the zero seven, so you know they'll be slow. Uh, Allgaier with Reese's ice cream, that just makes me hungry. Um, JJ Ailey in the zero eight for SS Greenlight. Uh, Hemrick continues in the 10 for the rest of the season because of the owner's championship. Lane Riggs making his Xfinity debut in the 11. Uh, Trevor Bain in the 19 with interstate batteries on the car. Uh, Mozak in the 24. Yeah, trying to get through. Kyle Siegel being the number 29 for RSS Racing. Um, Daniel Dye in the 44 for Alpha Prime. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt, Patrick Emmerling, and uh, Joey Gase in the 35, Patrick Emmerling in the 53. Sage Karam will be driving for MBM in their uh, Ford. Dawson Cram in the 74, former guest of the show in the uh, Harmon 74. Uh, Weatherman driving the 91 for DGM, and CJ McLaughlin in the 28 for, uh, for RSS Racing. Joe Graff is in the 38 for RSS racing. So um, I, you picked first, or you you just picked uh, for Formula One, Josh. So um, what are you looking for? Xfinity series at Texas. Who is who are your picks for win and wild card there? Uh, yeah, for me in the uh, this Xfinity race this weekend, uh, you know, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm I'm gonna go with John Hunter Nemechek. Winning in the the twenty car, I feel like you know this team um, has had good runs in the past here uh, at Texas in this configuration. So you know I think he's a guy that can win this weekend uh, here. They've definitely been strong on mile and a half. This year I know Texas is a little bit different of mile and a half. It's not the same, but you know uh, they've always been very good uh, at this track. So I'm going with him and wild card. Uh, wild card. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with um, I go with Trevor Bain. Let's just double down on Joe Gibbs Racing 
Trevor Bain has had some good runs in the 19s. So yeah, let's see what he can do uh, on another mile and a half. Um, that he's been kind of successful in the past in his Xfinity career. Not solid picks there, kind of hedging uh, with Gibbs cars. Uh, safe, safe, and pretty, uh, pretty good choices because really, I don't know who who we could say would be a contender outside of those guys. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Justin Allgaier. Because of the momentum they have going on right now, it seems like uh, they're in a good mind space. Him and Jim Pullman and that whole seven team. So I'm going to say they're going to continue their run uh, as a all guyer to win. And then my wild card selection for this weekend. It's a difficult one. Um, I will go, man. Um, I have to look at the points actually, because uh, I have to look at what the yeah, I really do have to look at the points because uh, to see where where they're at, um, driver points, how many people there, you got um, 20, um, 21, 23, all right, so I need this 26, so yeah, I'm down to 13th, so I'm going to go with Parker Retzloff as my wild card selection. Um, he's been showing uh, great pace here in recent weeks. Uh, you know, Jeb Burton needs, wants to make sure he can go and move forward in this playoff. So we'll see what happens with that. I was kind of debating whether I'd go with Bruckshot or Moffitt or whatever, but I went with uh, Retzloff uh, in the 31 because uh, they've been progressing here and making uh making gains every single week cup series race will be the uh auto trader echo park 400 at uh texas they will have uh 36 for 36 zane smith is actually going to be in the 38 car with am better health carson osovar back in the 42 um Todd Gilliland will be in the 51 for Rick Ware. Uh, BJ McLeod in one of his last races for his team uh, in the 78 with Gunk. Uh, let's see over here. Yeah, Worldwide Express for Chastain. Discount Tire for Sindrick. Bass Pro for Dylan. Ball Spot Dylan. Hunt Brothers Pizza for Harvick. Valvoline for Larson. Build Submarines, Brad Keselowski. Gainbridge on the 7 for LaJoy. 3Chi for Kyle Busch. Kelly Blue Book for Clyde. Uh, FedEx again for Hamlin. And uh, Smithfield for Al Murillo. Uh, Menards and Dutch Boy for Ryan Blaney. Rush Truck Centers and Cummings for uh, Chase Briscoe. Nobody listed for Yaley. Uh, like whatever I, I forget what the one he was running uh last week it probably is a, because they ran that with that john cohen guy aj allmendinger action industries uh fastenal for busher bass pro for truex interstate batteries i mentioned earlier for chris bell dex imaging Harrison burton triple a insurance for logano mcdonald's for bubba wallace liberty for byron nobody listed for haley Loves and D'Lo, like they had last week for McDowell. Autodesk for Ryan Priest. Uh, TBD for Eric Jones. Reddick will have Jordan Brand again on his 45. Kroger and Nas Energy Drink for O. Richard. Um, 
uh, Ty Gibbs will be running a black, majority black paint scheme dot interstate batteries, uh, Toyota, Ty Dillon's Shelton companies, and then uh, Daniel Suarez and Kubota on the 99. Uh, so start of the second round of this playoff, and I will go with, in terms of who do I look at to win this weekend's race, I think Martin Truex goes out and wins um, at Texas. At Texas, uh, he's made his name over this last, whatever, seven years, seven, eight years doing these cookie-cutter tracks. Truex uh, to, uh, after, you know, the situation and having to deal with the the loss of Sherry and all that, um, I'm sure he's motivated to go and get this victory. Uh in terms of a wild card, I'm going to go with Carson Osovar. Why not? He's been running really, really well. Uh, that uh, the legacy team has made a lot of progress here in uh, recent weeks. And it doesn't seem like uh, the spot is too big for Carson Osovar. So, I mean, to go in wild card, you're looking for a top 15, top 20 finish. He's been running up there uh basically since he got into that car so that's who i look at as a wild card for this weekend and martin truex to win so josh you get the last uh picks there in terms of the cup series at texas yeah uh i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say that danny hamlin wins this weekend at texas uh start off this one with a bang and go out and win the race to qualify for round of eight so say danny is the winner uh we'll say wild card um let's say uh well you know what i'll i'm gonna say that because uh, that was a good pick with carson there uh to for him to go there and win or be a wild card um you know i'll say Corey lajoy uh, i'll say because um yeah they've been running good recently um but uh, I expect there to be a lot of problems like there was last year at Texas, even with the new tire. And, you know, he's the type of guy that could possibly sneak uh, a top 15 run uh, here. So, you know, I definitely could see him coming out with a, a win. Or, well, not a win, but uh, that would be huge. But uh, definitely a wild card type of run this weekend. Yeah, and uh, so we picked two guys that are probably going to be teammates next year. Um, two-thirds of Spire Motorsports there for 2024 uh, as a wild cards. And uh, picking Gibbs Toyotas. But, of course, you can't uh, count out, what do you call, uh, Byron and Larson with Hendrick. And also, Ryan Blaney has run well at Texas before and won the All-Star Race there and stuff, so... If Ford has a pulse, I mean, we're going to find out with Blaney and Brad and, and Busher. So that's what we'll see with them. All right. So now we're on to the um, sim segment, Josh. Let us know what's going on in the world of iRacing and gaming and what we should be looking forward to this coming week. Well, yeah, last week I ran mostly at a uh, IndyCar at Fontana and um, running running on there most of my races on on there did one race Craftsman Truck Series at uh, IndyCar but you know most of them um, at uh, the California Speedway Auto Club Speedway Fontana uh, and 
man, had had a bunch of opportunities to win. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it, you know, just very, very disappointing, uh, to say the least, and how it, how it went. I had some where I, you know, ran, ran pretty well. Or my, like, like my last one ran in fifth place. Uh, so ran solid there. Was on the third and last lap, but got tight turn three and four uh, to go there and win. Uh, but so could make it happen. But I had one, I had one race where uh, I stole the lead on the last lap. As the only lap that I was gonna lead, and I actually passed on the bottom on the apron on the back stretch. And just had a huge run and timed it right and just went to the apron because it was, you know, it's free, uh, free space there. And, you know, I figured with nobody to his outside, he would just move back up the leader would. And I actually streamed this one and went into turn three and four and um, started to feel the car step out and tried to try to correct it. And it just turned to the left and spun out straight into the wall. And I caught the guy that was behind me in second that I had just passed and he you know had a amazing tumble there and everything and the Steelers are taking it back to score a touchdown to take the lead in that game but um um but that that was a huge opportunity for a win that just didn't did not happen uh literally having the lead off of turn four and spinning out coming to the finish um and everything that was just terrible and um you know, not being able to come through with that. So, um, I guess maybe in the lead, you need to, uh, tighten up the car very quickly. And I guess I didn't think about that. So using the weight jacker to swing it all the way back to the, to the left instead of, you know, being positive, being weight jacker negative or something like that. So I don't know, that was, uh, just, uh, frustrating to, you know, have it, like that and i mean i guess it could have wasn't over because he could have drafted pass back me but um you know just having it right up there in front and having a bit of a gap and then spinning out yeah that's disappointing so that's what that was this past weekend um then ran a couple of more times um um one one uh i had it i think i had the strategy right but then um somebody uh spun out in front of me and I got indecisive on where to go uh, coming off the of turn two when the guy spun out and then ended up running into him and taking myself out. So that was also uh, one that I would have liked to have had back uh, there. Uh, so, um, yeah, just uh, those those were what I was, you know, trying to do. But um, then I had did have one race where I ran uh, in Bristol uh, in the truck series, like I said, and ran second um and took a lot of hit incident points but managed to steal second there at the end so it wasn't all too bad uh so yeah and started 15 so kind of worked worked my way through there and everything normally try to avoid short tracks but you know figured that uh you know i'd be able to survive through that one which i was but definitely um took some hit points there in uh racing on on the truck series but uh, especially there but yeah just um that was last week and everything so you know we'll go on move on and continue uh to go but uh i racing and uh yeah let's see this week i mean texas motor speedway for all the nascar regular series this week uh the uh 
IndyCars are at the old Kentucky, so before the repave. Uh, you've got the Porsche Cup at Laguna Seca. You've got the Indy Pro 2000s at Watkins Glen, so that should be interesting uh, there. You have uh, Formula One, so they're, I guess, the Formula One car this year, uh, or last year, W13 Mercedes at Suzuka, uh, so following the real-life F1. You have the 87s at Rockingham. Uh, you have the Toyota GR Cup at Okayama Circuit. You have the MX-5 also at Okayama Circuit. Uh, Forming the Fords at Olton Park uh, Circuit. Uh, you have, uh, let's see, the uh, um, Touring Car Challenge, Michelin, IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Um, two-hour race, two-hour series uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Uh, GT4 at Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Uh, Falcon Tires Sports Car Challenge at Indianapolis Road Course. So, yeah, definitely a lot of... Uh, um, opportunities there uh road oh yeah the uh e-nascar road to pro round oh i don't think i'm allowed to join that but uh yeah e-nascar road to pro at at uh homestead this week so there's that uh the draft master series which is a new new series uh in in here the draft master uh where all the NASCAR cars at Daytona or Talladega this week. The uh, Legacy, so the 2009-2012 version of the NASCAR car of tomorrow uh, at Daytona Oval. And this is unique because this car is uh, unrestricted. So you can easily go uh, in the draft, go you know 200 over 200 miles an hour. So go up to 240 miles an hour in the draft uh, and and it's unrestricted so you'll definitely have to lift uh going in turn one for sure it's pretty much very difficult to be able to uh go in there and hold hold it down flat uh in that you know car so that's definitely gonna be a challenge definitely gonna have to uh try it out for sure um got the uh let's see got got the gen 4 the nascar gen 4 cars at charlotte so that should be fun uh there so yeah, as always, you know, definitely, uh, oh, and, uh, GT3 at, Ferrari GT3 at Spa, so that's another good one there, so, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of opportunity, probably gonna hit up the road course races this week at Indy, uh, I don't really, not really a fan of Texas Motor Speedway either, uh, at least the current, uh, configuration, I think I'd rather get the old, the old Texas Motor Speedway is at least kind of interesting, um, you know, with it all being worn out and everything. So, um, yeah, that's all the racing this week, you know, racing last week, uh, yeah, should have won, uh, but, and it was on stream too. So that was a missed opportunity there. Uh, so, um, when I do stream, as you can see that replay, uh, Twitch TV slash you sailor two, uh, go and watch the streams and see all this stuff there and, uh, see when I stream, definitely, um, you'll either be notified or I'll try to put out an announcement beforehand. Um, let's see the, uh, uh, I've got, yeah, my Twitter account, you know, when I talk about the Jaguars, talking about all that stuff, you know, talking about the racing and all that stuff, Twitter at, or X, whatever it's called, 
at JP Huffine. Go in there and see all my streams and or go on my tweets and see all what I have to say about the Jaguars and about you know racing in general. So go on there. And of course, YouTube channel, which will have this uploaded. Go on, watch that uh, group share podcast on YouTube. Go on there and watch and, you know, feel free to interact with all our content, subscribe, like our uh, videos and everything we have to say. So, uh, of course... Uh, thanks for having us on here in the week and you know of course glad to see dale jr back in nascar um and you know be able to see him again later on this year so that's good but yeah definitely glad to be able to see all the racing and you know be able to talk about football and fantasy and all that stuff and you know be able to uh discuss all of it so yeah on you know to your part of the end yeah, so, yeah, definitely, as always, great to discuss all things racing, football, and get to do that. Um, it's fun. We're getting close to 200 episodes, so it's pretty badass. So um, great that we've been able to do this for all these episodes for all these years now, um, getting towards the end of the racing season, um, leading into more football coverage and other other things. So um, thanks, as always, for your insight and uh knowledge that you bring to the table man and uh you can find uh, me at pg matthew 28 on twitter x you can find us at gripshire pod on twitter you can find me on the grid talk podcast this uh past or for this week in the preview for the japanese grand prix uh, josh mentioned the youtube page where we put the streams um delayed on uh, the sound side so we'll try to get them both out here um, shortly and um, yeah we'll be back for episode 188 of the Gripshire podcast next week to cover Texas, Cup and Xfinity Japanese Grand Prix for Formula 1, NFL Week 3 uh, MotoGP and uh, World Superbikes uh, Super Motocross and uh, whatever else is going on Preview Talladega Bring out the uh, Tate Fogelman algorithm, uh, the thing that so many of uh, fans love. We're going to go and bring out the algorithm again next week for uh, for Cup uh, for all three series. They're all three series are running there, so that'll actually be uh, something to see. So um, for that, for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for listening to Gripster Podcast, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>